1: And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Loan Studios Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 8552124CBS. 852124227. Send the tweets. Send the hot takes at Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. And boy, I was I was gonna start with something else. Because I feel it's gonna be ho hum. The basketball people will be excited. They are excited. It's a 3 2 series in the NBA. And a lot of folks, yeah, you can I, I get it. I totally get it. You want to see a good series? I think it's easy for people to be tricked into this being a good series. And I give I give Miami credit. I'll give them their credit that they're due. But to watch what has gone on and to see LeBron and to see how, first off, the people who are ripping him for passing out, passing out the Danny Green are nuts. That's LeBron. That's what he's done for 17 years. You don't give me an argument. That's why he'll never be the GOAT. That's ridiculous. There's plenty of reasons why he would never be the GOAT. To guys in my generation. For our kids, we're going to have to argue it because our kids are definitely going to think LeBron James is the greatest of all time. I'm sorry. That's the way it's going to work. And so guys in my generation are going to have to argue Michael Jordan just like guys in the previous generation argued for Wilt and argued for Bill Russell argued for Kareem, we'll do the same thing with Michael Jordan and LeBron. That conversation, that conversation can be had every single day for eons and eons and eons for the rest of my life until either Giannis or some kid right now, Zion Williamson, John Morant, or some kid right now who's in high school takes over and changes the way we look at the NBA. It's an evergreen conversation, and I I don't really want to get into it wholeheartedly. I just think that To look at LeBron and say, well, he passed to Danny Green. That's why he's not the greatest ever. I I think it's really shallow. Even I don't like to use that one. And I'll use plenty of shallow comments just to get by it. I even think that's shallow. But watching the finals, I still think that everything plays into LeBron's hands. That this should be his easiest trip. This should be his easiest finals. And I'll explain more of that hopefully coming up at 1040 this morning because there's a lot of takes to get in with LeBron, and there's a lot of takes to get in with the, with the Lakers. I still think the Lakers are going to win. I think they'll end up winning game six, just like I thought they'd win game five. If Miami surprises me, I'll continue to heap more praise on Miami. The only thing Miami has done, Miami's played with house money. Miami's not supposed to be here to a lot of people. Boston might, maybe should have been here. Really, Milwaukee should have been here. Miami seems to play with house money. And for all of us who are fans of classic basketball, teamwork, passing, you watch Hoosiers and you get excited about that, passing it four times and all that stuff, the selflessness there. Like Jimmy Butler had an incredible game yesterday, but there's other guys who, who mix into it. When we look at the Lakers, we focus on, on one player and really a little bit of the other, and that's about it. So there's this weird mix because the Miami Heat are, are, are often seen, even though the Celtics did it, the Miami Heat are often seen as the first one to, to put together a super team. And given the credit to be the first one to put, this, put together a super team. And here we are, 10 years later, and you have what looks like the plucky, underrated, undermanned Miami Heat, taking on LeBron James, big bad LeBron James, the L.A. Lakers, the one in history with all the banners at the old Great Western Forum and the L.A. Sports Arena, and now at the Staples Center, all the history that's there with all the legends that are up there in the rafters, and LeBron being one of those legends, who will definitely obviously be in those rafters, is but a conduit between fans and their legends and just getting another championship, something we will get into later. Because I think that LeBron will get his fourth championship, and I also think he's blazed a very lonely trail. But for Miami, miamis it's a 3-2 series, and I just keep wanting to heap praise on the Heat. Eric Spolster's proven to be a dynamite NBA head coach. Pat Riley has proven to be really the godfather of modern NBA basketball. It's been 25 years with the Heat. It went by like that. So when the Lakers, and let me underline when, when the Lakers finish them off, there's a ton of credit to give to Miami, but I do believe that this will be LeBron's easiest, and there's plenty of factors that are not really with the Heat that play into why I'm going to tell you that later on. Eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. I was upset just like everybody else earlier this week. We're trying to get a season going. We're trying to watch some football. We're trying to get everybody excited to watch football. And I keep seeing news about the Titans. And it's amazing to me if I can just do like a little sidebar here. This morning I woke up at 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. I'm getting my coffee. I've had like five, six cups today already. Got a big night planned. Going to have some dinner. Going to be a good time. Sending my kids out to Youngstown to their grandparents. It's going to be a good evening. Got to get them ready. 9 o'clock comes around, and all of a sudden, anybody with kids knows, it becomes a, 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 just a dizzying experience here at the Carmen household. So as I get on with Pierno, what would you say, Pierno? 9.45, 9.50, somewhere around this? No, it had to be right after – it had to be, honestly, right after Robin got off the air. So around 9.55, right? yes. I can't look at the computer, I can't look at my phone, getting three boys ready to go out to a, on a road trip, forty it's 40 minutes away, but to get a, a kids on a road trip ready to go to Youngstown to their grandparents can be a dizzying experience again, and so I, I can't look at anything, and I know that every morning, the news is coming out, every single morning, that there's going to be news on the NFL and COVID and, and what's happening. And I get, on the, I get on the horn and I go, Pierno, I haven't had a chance to look at my phone over the last hour. Is there anything that's breaking? Because I'm going to talk about the Titans in the open. I'm going to talk about NFL in the open. I need to know before I go shoot my mouth off and act like an idiot. And Pierno goes, well, according to Adam Schefter, there's no new positive tests in Tennessee. The same with the Patriots, right, Pierno?
2: Yes, that is correct.
1: Okay. And then I go, okay, what about the Jets? Pierno goes, that was a false positive. It's still proven as a false positive. Is that correct, Pirino? Yes, the Jets announced yesterday evening that the team, uh, the whole squad, had ultimately tested negative and okay. that their game against the Cardinals will go on this Sunday. I wanted to make sure. And then it just hit me. He says that, I'm going, ooh, good, all right, all right, yeah. And I'm thinking, we have how many different players in the NFL? There's thousands of players in the NFL, active NFL players, staff into the thousands of people. And we're supposed to keep this thing perfect? Z- zero. As close to zero as possible. It's, it's good to try. It's good to try. I can't realistically believe it'll happen. And so I think about what college football's done, what some of the area high schools have done in Ohio and some of the other states that are playing fall high school football and about trying to mitigate it. And the only thing I go, man, it's got to be weird that I'm going, good, great, fantastic, we got no positive tests. It's time to play some football. Like, it, it, I, I couldn't believe myself. Because we're going to have to find a time here where we're going to have to find a, 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 an answer to the end of this football season and where, yeah, you know what, if you get seven teams in there like we're we're supposed to go aside, then maybe we have a seven-team bubble. Maybe we enter a bubble. Maybe we head on out to Arizona and they play in Glendale. Or maybe we head down to – New well, not New Orleans. Where will we head to? Uh, and maybe another dome somewhere and you find a way to play it there. Maybe you go to Indianapolis and you play it there. Even though the weather's going to be cold at that time, maybe you go play it at Lucas Oil. You, know, you, you start to think about different things because I'm thinking – Gosh, you want to make sure, you want to do your best to get through a regular season. Now baseball all of a sudden starts to take some precedent and thinking, all right, well, they're doing it. It's not the very best scenario, and I wouldn't like it if I were any one of these teams. If you're a Tennessee Titans fan and and your team's rolling, you want to see some home football some way somehow. If you're a Bills fan, well, it looks like you're probably not going to get to see football anyway because of the law, but still, you still want to see somehow, some way, have a home field advantage. It would be awful. But at least it would still be football because I don't want to have to hope every morning that bad news doesn't come down the road about the NFL and really about sports in general. I don't want to have to wake up every morning looking for it, worried about it. and I don't think a lot of fans do either. And I was getting frustrated just like anybody else with the Tennessee Titans, including Titans fans, because when I'm watching – Every day you got twenty-three guys, twenty-three people that are that, that have been found that have been found to have COVID, almost said found guilty because it seems like they've done something wrong. Well, how much is really on them? How much bears the responsibility and what should be done with the Titans? We'll talk to Mike Sando coming up at twelve forty PM Eastern. Because when I see met up, and I know that they found a loophole. None of the players from the, from the pictures that were taken at the high school stadium, none of those guys ended up having COVID from what was told to us earlier this week. That they weren't necessarily told that the season, or excuse me, that the game was, was going to be postponed. They weren't officially told that. They were just told they couldn't get to their facility. Roger Saffold put out a tweet, said, listen, we got a game to get ready for. We're trying, we're working, I'm going to stand by my players. Some people agreed, a lot of people agreed with him. A lot of people were on the other side including myself, because it's not, it's not typical injuries. It's not a typical time, and I think we're dealing with something here that when we say unprecedented, it really is. We don't know. Very few of us were alive in 1918. We don't know. And I, I have to ask myself the question, what to do with the Tennessee Titans? What to do to set a precedent? For the rest of the league, what do I do with the Tennessee Titans? If they're going to have the game on Tuesday, you want to do your very best to get the game in. Make sure the game is played because if you have to forfeit, Chris Morton said to put that out there on ESPN. Hey, uh, if they don't play, they end up forfeiting game checks if there's a forfeit, if there's an actual forfeit given. But how do I punish a team? How do I punish an organization? Do I punish an organization? Remember, we don't know. And there there was probably some responsibility when you're going home to a facility, back home, you got kids maybe, they're going to school, you got people who are going around you. You may have a wife, you may have a girlfriend, you might have a a live-in relative who went out somewhere, they had to go shopping somewhere, they had to go get groceries. They come back, all of a sudden, boom. It may be through no fault of your own. The photo looked damning. Yes, the photo looked damning. But is that enough to cost draft picks to mount forfeitures? Is that enough to fine? Is that enough to suspend? What could possibly be that reason? What do I do if I'm the NFL? Eight five five two one two four CBS? Because when I first saw it, I was angry, and I have my own things that I'd want to do. First I'd, I'd want to try to play the game later. I'd love to extend the season. get a week 18, maybe even a week 19, if we have to. Try to fit the games in. It's an unfortunate circumstance. I know that every player wants to get their money. A lot of players are going above and beyond to make sure that they're clean. Athletes are very, very clean people. Most athletes are very, very clean people. And so they're hypochondriacs anyway. So I I would expect them to be washed up and to be scrubbed and be wearing their masks and taking care of themselves. I would hope it would be that way. And there's been plenty of organizations that have been doing it the right way. But if they weren't able to play the game, or what do I do if I can play the game? Do I still find the Titans? Do I take away picks? What would I do with them? What would I do that would set a precedent for other teams that are, even maybe if it's no fault of their own, may end up having this problem? Do I take practice squad players and say, yep, too bad, that's your practice squad, away you guys go. It could risk injury. If worse comes to worse, because I'd love to extend the season, I wouldn't love to do it, but I'd, I'd have to. My first thought would be to extend the season. If worse comes to worse, and I have to forfeit, fine, remove picks. But, and I got into a heated debate about this earlier this week. I can't just hand the Bills a win. I can't just give the Bills a win. I will give the Tennessee Titans a loss. If you can't get your affairs in order, if you've been found, and you better make sure if they've been found to be negligent in this because there's still a lot of things we don't know. There's plenty of people who've been wearing their mask and doing everything they can, and they still come down with it. It still happens. It's a virus. It's invisible. But if I find, and you've got to be careful about this, if I find that the Tennessee Titans have been really negligent or cavalier, and their attitude towards this. And when I do look at tweets by Roger Saffold, I go, oh boy, that doesn't look good upon you guys. Do I forfeit a game for the Tennessee Titans? I wouldn't have a problem with it necessarily. But I can't just hand the Bills a victory. I don't know what I would do with the Bills. Do we go by win percentage? Maybe that's the best idea. Because I don't want the bills to be harmed, and and, and I look at them as the example. I, I you could look at any other example in the NFL because it's. I hate to say it, it's bound to happen again this year. I can't give you a win for not earning a win. Well, Ken, as an organization, they did everything right. They did they followed the protocol, okay? Well, there's two teams here. What do I do for the other 30 teams? One team's getting a win. Do I give all? Do I give the other 30 teams victories? Do I give the Titans a loss? Do I give the Bills a win? Do I give the other 30 teams victories because they're following protocols? Well, the Raiders had positive tests. Okay, well, I don't give them a victory. I mean, which way are we supposed to go there? If you don't take the field, if this is all supposed to be fair, if this is all supposed to be the way it is, if you don't take the field, I don't think I can give you a win. And that might be a very unfortunate circumstance because I argued all throughout the week, if you have the same amount of wins as another team, if you have if if the head-to-head matchups are even, the tie's not going to hurt you. If if the Tennessee Titans finish out the season with ten wins, or the Bills finish out the season with ten wins, and nobody is above them, it's not going to hurt them. You look at the situation a couple years ago where Pittsburgh went nine-six and one. The Ravens had ten wins. Boom, the Ravens get in. You didn't win. I I can't give you a chance to win. I understand that's unfair, but the other teams in the league will go out and they will put themselves at risk for personal injury. It's a 60-minute game. There will be consequences of that game, both good and bad, every week afterward. Every week during a football season, during any sports season, you're building upon the week previous. So what you may do in week four may help dictate what you have to do in week five, week six, week seven. If I lose a quarterback in week six, there's going to be a lot of things that are different for week seven, week eight, week nine until I can get that quarterback back. If I lose a running back, if I lose a wide receiver, if I lose a left tackle, there are things that affect me. If the Bills do not take the field and do not risk injury, do not risk losing players and did not earn a victory by outscoring another team. I know this sounds elementary. Did not earn a victory by outscoring another team in a 60-minute contest or 70-minute contest, whatever it may be. I can't just gift them a win. So what do I do with the Titans? What would you do? Because this situation is bound to pop up again. We'll get further into cold weather. I worry about some of the organizations. That's why I was a little bit worried about the Jets yesterday. That's an 0-4 team, but that's a, uh, a rough organization. I don't want people to be careless. I don't know why. It's, again, it's a virus. I don't know why your record should dictate you being careless, but we find silly reasons all the time. What would you do in this situation if you were the NFL? 855-2124-CBS, 855 We'll get to you guys next. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. We say goodbye to Eddie Van Halen. We'll do it throughout the show today. Pirno, you're, you're big on, on, on movies. Are you big on music? Not as much as TV and film, but yeah, of
2: course, I know who Van Halen is. I love them. I appreciate them.
1: Uh, I had a person. I'm not going to name names. did
2: you know who Van Halen was? Is
1: Oh, no. They know who Van Halen is. They just thought, they thought Eddie Van Halen was the lead singer of Van Halen. Oh, I got you. Okay. So we came back earlier this week. We came back from break, and this is right after Eddie Van Halen died. And, and hey, I love Van Halen. I a lot of people in, in my generation, it's like it's right before them, but I love classic rock. I love 80s rock. I love hair metal. I love a lot of different music. Yeah. And, you know, you got Eddie Van Halen. You got Alex Van Halen. Then you got Wolfgang Van Halen a little bit later on, David Lee Roth, then Sammy Hagar, Gary Cherone. Uh, you know, there's there's been plenty of – machinations with Van Halen well we came back from break and we had we were playing some Van Halen and we had the one clip of David Lee Roth it's a famous clip I think they did it on Howard Stern I think might have been Opie and Anthony back in the day where they had the vocals of David Lee Roth doing that and someone gets in and goes Ken that's that's pretty disrespectful I went what are you talking about and they go Ken the guy just died and I went Eddie Van Halen died. Uh, David Lee Roth is still... And I went, you think Eddie Van Halen is the lead singer of Van Halen, don't you? Moving on, bud. So this person's not a music fan, right? Uh, No, no. Yeah, so, I mean, you could understand if you're not a music fan that you would think, you know, the group is named Van Halen. We all, you know. yeah, we all have brain farts. I know, I, I... you just told me about the whole Whitey Ford Don Larson scenario that played out <laughs> earlier this morning. Uh, we, all, we all make mistakes. It all happens. I get it. But it's like, uh, every time, I will say this, anytime I try to send, like, because I, I, I do love Van Halen. It's, it's got to be one of my top ten favorite bands. And before I send any condolences out or anything, you better make damn sure if you're, because sometimes we get our rods and cones mixed up in our life. Don't want to get, get make, death wrong. Yes, you what? You better make sure on this. Like when Laparca died, people don't know there's two Laparcas. The one Laparca is still alive. The other Laparca tragically died. So you got to make sure eight five five two one two four CBS. All right, what to do with the Titans? I'll, I'll get to LeBron because people are already ripping me for what I said about LeBron. So I'll get to LeBron coming up at ten forty a.m. Eastern. Also, Mike Sando will join us uh, from ESPN. He talked to a bunch of NFL executives, team executives, who said what they think. Should really happen to the Tennessee Titans because it it may set a precedent for the rest of the league. If you have to miss a game or you have to move a bye week, what could possibly happen? Because the the Pittsburgh Steelers are upset, and a lot I I was I was critical a bit. I I had to think twice about what Ben Roethlisberger said last week because I I was a bit critical. I go this is a virus we don't know, but then over a course of time, when I got photographic proof, and I know they found a loophole, but when I have photographic proof of them still meeting, maybe not doing what they're supposed to do, and I know Tom Brady did as well. That's why I, I think we got to be careful about this with what we do with the, with the Tennessee Titans. But then I start to understand, hey, when, when Cam Hayward's upset and Ben Roethlisberger's upset and Mike, Mike Tomlin, I, I kind of get what you're coming from because now you're going to put a lot of heat on yourself. And Filippone, who will be on the uh, be on CBS Sports Radio coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern, he said, well, you know, they won a Super Bowl and they had an early bye week like week four when they won a Super Bowl. And I'm thinking, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger's 38, not 27. There's a big difference here. There's going to be a big difference. They, they wouldn't be making such a stink about their bye week had it not been important. You want that nice mid-season bye week, that nice week seven of what you wanted. You wanted it and now you don't have it. And it may put the Pittsburgh Steelers at a disadvantage because where they see is the irresponsibility of the Tennessee Titans. If I can prove, and I don't know what I can prove yet, if I can prove the irresponsibility of the Titans, I have to hit them hard because I have to prove a point. If I'm the NFL, I have to prove my point on what needs to be done and for you to take it seriously. Because you may have organizations, but what makes me fear is football guy will be football guy. Football guy thinks they're stronger than everything. Football guy thinks everything's a distraction. And football guy would certainly be the type of guy who may not take something like this seriously. Again, there's plenty of guys in the NFL. You remember Jack Del Rio's comments when he held back his comments? When he did an interview with the Washington football team during camp? You may or may not remember those comments. Jack Del Rio is an old NFL guy. And they're still, while we're looking at a new era of younger coaches Different offensive minds, analytics, and it might make it a little bit more fun for the fan going forward on fourth and two. And and maybe we're smarter than we were back in the past. There's still plenty of those guys. Distraction. You got to be tougher than this. Nothing's going to beat us. Nothing's going to do this. And I also do worry, even though I shouldn't, because again, it's a virus. I don't know why you wouldn't take care of yourself, no matter how good or bad your football team would be. You got 0 4 football teams, you got teams that are already bowing out to the playoffs. You start to worry about their culture. You start to worry about how seriously they take things. They shouldn't, I shouldn't have to, because we're not talking about just going out there and walking around on the field and assing off. We're talking about a serious virus here. But it's one of the things that you worry about, because while I'm a 34-year-old man with three kids and I want to be protected and and healthy and and do everything I can to make sure those around me are, Ken Carman, a 22-years-old, single, put me in a high-octane position with a lot of money. It's easy to become arrogant. Hubris is something that is very real and can take down many folks. 855-2124-CBS, eight five five 227 We'll get to you guys when we come back, and also, I'm already taking heat for it. Just hear me out. When LeBron wins, underline when. When the Lakers and LeBron win this NBA Finals, this will be his easiest title ever it's ken carman on cbs sports radio this is the ken carman show 855 212 cbs 855 one p.m eastern dead or alive 2020 we're in week five baby i've only missed one a year over the last three years i'm pretty accurate with it i watch, i try to watch every game whether or not that's really good or anything i don't know i don't do i know more than brian baldinger no do I know more than any of the other the, any of the other guys on the network? Tiki Bar? No. <laughs> good God. But so far, we're pretty accurate with it. So dead or alive, is your team dead or alive? Will you go to the playoffs? And now it throws me off because you got that extra playoff spot. So now it throws me off a little bit. So there might be some teams that I previously thought were dead that may still be alive. Because last week, I was like, you know, Houston has... Never had a really great start, at least not to my memory. They probably have, and I just I just always think of Houston with tough starts. Yeah, well, they're going to hell. I mean, that, that one's dead. That team has gone to hell in a handbasket already, and that team is dead. 0-4, the Houston Texans have checked out of the 2020 NFL football season. Also, we'll talk college football, Dennis Dodd, because I'm about to do it again. And Dennis Dodd's going to save me from it coming up at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. I'm about to jump back on that Miami bandwagon again because college football is just better when Miami's good. You need a heel. You need somebody to hate. There has to be somebody who hates, who you, who you, you can hate. Arrogance can be a very powerful thing, good and bad, and it can really motivate you against an opponent. If you believe they're arrogant, it can provide motivation, and it's even better if your team's arrogant and you know they are and they still go out there and boat race teams, and that's what the Miami Hurricanes have done twice during my lifetime. And I want them to do it again because it makes college football that much more fun because nobody crows more than the Miami, Miami Hurricanes. They're the Ric Flair of college football. Eight five five two one two four I'm going to get to LeBron here in just a moment. Let me try to get to Sam in Greenville, South Carolina. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio.
2: Go ahead, Sam. Hey, thanks for the call in. Um, I'll make it real quick. Uh, two things. Go Clemson. They're going to kill it today. Second thing is um, the Titans uh, should have to give up that game. If they are found to be negligent, and uh, they caused the Steelers to have to lose their bye, they should have to give up that game and take it as a loss and let the Steelers have their bye when they should. I'm going to fall off and let you all talk Sam, about it. Sam, hold on.
1: It. Stay with me. Stay with me, Sam. Hold on. Can I ask you another question? Just let me ask you one question. Yes, sir. Would you Would you be angry with Dabo Sweeney <laughs> if he went to the Houston Texans?
2: As a coach?
1: Yes. Would you be mad?
2: No. Okay. I think I think he should stay at Clemson. Mm-hmm. I think he's got he's got a new Alabama going on there. Um, he's got great recruiter. Uh, I don't think it'll be the same. So many times it's like Nick Saban when he went when he went to the pros, it wasn't the same. He came back. I, I think I don't think he'll be a pro quarter uh, coach.
1: I'm going to bring this up later, but I wanted to get you on the record for it, Sam. Thank you very much for the call. 855-2124-CBS. Also, that toll-free line, it's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. Right now, you can earn an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV insurance. It's fantastic. Get to GEICO.com as soon as you possibly can. Maybe at 2 p.m. Eastern right after this show. Uh, I-, I wanted to ask about Dabo because I'm going to bring it up again a little bit later on. I-, I actually agree with the caller. I don't think he should go to the NFL. I just want to hear from Clemson fans what they would do if Dabo were to leave. Because it's going to get brought up. It's already been brought up. And by the way, you got another coach who's basically got his bags packed and ready to go up there in New York, and they look like they're a number one overall pick. Are they going to pass on Trevor Lawrence for Sam Darnold? Excuse me. Are they going to pass on that guy? Could you get a package deal? I bet the Johnson family would be willing to pay Dabo Sweeney Belichick money to bring him with it. They're the Jets. They're willing to do anything. They're crazy. I got into some heat already. I said what I said about LeBron, and I meant what I said about LeBron, and I don't care about fairness. Somebody said because I said right there in my tease for the show, LeBron's easiest title ever, and if they go to if they even go to a game seven, I still probably will believe this unless unless it's just against all odds, a- Anthony Davis goes down, something like that happens, I will still look at this as the easiest title for LeBron ever because everything plays into his hands with this. I give the heat credit. They made it to the finals. They've played good team basketball. They've played good complimentary basketball. I have no problem with what the Miami heat have done. And I don't mean to, to put down what the heat have done, but in the annals of history, if you think I'm being unfair to the heat, I'm sorry. That's tough because in the annals of history, If I have only four LeBron championships, and I think this very well could be his last, you got a guy who's going on 36, you'll probably travel next year. You might start January, February, somewhere in there. You'll probably travel next year. You might have to cut down that schedule because I don't know if you can keep going deeper and deeper. You might have to cut that regular season schedule down. But you'll have healthy Kevin Durant. You'll have healthy Kyrie Irving over in Brooklyn. You will have a healthy Golden State team. You will have Milwaukee that's back you'll have plenty of teams that are back. I still believe and the Clippers, we'll see them under a different owner. We'll see them under a different leadership. We'll see what the Clippers do. I can't always just dis- discount the Clippers because of what happened. So, if this is LeBron's fourth and final title, I think it's his easiest one. And please don't get stuck on well, you're disrespecting Miami. I this is just the facts of the history of LeBron's titles. Oklahoma City, San Antonio, Golden State, more than likely Miami. I'm still going to say they're going to win tomorrow night. I have bubble basketball. For everybody else, bubble basketball has been different. For LeBron James, I think it's helped. For the guys who are, on, who are on bench squad players, for guys who are on the road, it's always difficult. You always find that it's it's harder for guys who are on the bench to be able to play well on the road. They always play better at home. LeBron his squad, he's going to have them ready. I always I always look at him as basically the coach on the on the basketball floor. Whether or not you agree or disagree with that, that's fine. But I look at him and see what, what he's able to do with his team. I think in a bubble scenario with his elder statesman type of feel, with his leadership, I think it puts him at an advantage. I think it puts him at an advantage. that I'm impressed by what Jimmy Butler's done. I'm impressed by what Eric Spolstra's done. I try not to mean any disrespect while I'm being disrespectful. But bubble basketball suits LeBron James. At home, all the time, no travel. A 35-year-old body banged up with a groin injury to put them in the air, and they might fly first class on charter planes and have all the filet mignon they possibly want, and they can play talk in the back, and they can do anything they want. While they may get to do that, the travel still affects them. To not have to travel, to go back to your room, to go back to your common areas is better for a guy like LeBron. It may work on the psyche of others. This has been brought up before by Paul George. He couldn't wait to get out of the bubble. Said it affected his emotions. Said it affected his mental makeup. Did not like being cooped up. And there's plenty of guys like that. But for a guy who's chasing a ghost in Michael Jordan, for a guy who is is chasing a legacy, because he is, no matter what he wants to say, he's absolutely chasing a legacy, this suits him better. If he's the best player on the face of the earth, which he still is, would this or would this not play into his hands? Everyone else with a lack of focus, he can zone in even more. Everybody else has to provide their own juice. They say it all the time. Well, the guys have had to, had to provide their, their own essence, their own juice, their own energy because there's no home crowd to really get them to pick it up, and that might actually affect even more those guys who are bench players. Well, I don't necessarily think that's the truth. I think we've seen some bench players really play well in this postseason throughout this entire bubble experience where I don't know if we would have seen that before. But if guys have to provide their own energy, if they have to provide their own juice – Who's better to do that than LeBron? The guy on the floor, the only guy on the floor, the only guy in this league who is chasing history. Nobody else. Steph Curry isn't playing in this final. Steph Curry isn't playing in this season. None of these other guys are chasing what LeBron James is chasing. He's the only guy on the floor chasing a different era. He's the only guy on the floor chasing something that other guys just can't even dream to attain. It's going to make a difference for that guy. And for a 35-year-old man where everybody else is rolling their eyes and everybody else doesn't want to be in this bubble. And for 22-year-olds, it affects them. For 25- and 26-year-olds, it affects them. To not be able to go out and have a good time, to not be able to just travel, to not be able to just go down the street, to be to be open, to be out there, to be living. These are very public beings. These are people, these are people, people who like to be with other people. And I know it's tough for the rest of the league. And I guarantee it was tough for Paul George. He admitted as much. But for a guy like LeBron, you're a 35-year-old man with three kids. There's a lot of quiet evenings at home. You know, for a lot of us, when we looked at the pandemic and when we had shutdown orders, you talk to a lot of guys my age with, with small children, didn't change a whole lot. Couldn't go on vacation couple of things that we had to change, at least around here. But in terms of going out and partying, you load up, you party, you have a good time, that didn't change much. I'm sure LeBron is still going out at 35 years old every now and then and having himself a good time if there wasn't a pandemic going on. But as a 35-year-old man with three kids, there's a hell of a lot more quiet evenings at home a guy who has to work on his body, make sure it's in top shape, more so than guys who might be 26 who feel that they can pop right back up and go play high levels of basketball, and he's playing against those guys. Yep, there's a whole lot of sleep, a whole lot of tea, maybe a little bit of rosé here and there on a Wednesday if LeBron's been good throughout the week. Nice little pick-me-up throughout to finish off the week. Maybe a nice little fire out back on the patio. But the days of going to the club, mm, those days are gone. This plays into LeBron's hands. How could a bubble scenario not be suited best for the best player on the face of the earth? And this is where I say, no disrespect, quote unquote, to the Miami Heat. Oklahoma City, you had two major superstars there. They were very young at that time. You still had to go and travel and play in a place where, at Chesapeake, it can be very loud, it can be boisterous, it can be tough to play in that environment. They are a good fan base there. San Antonio, you're playing against one of the most underrated dynasties, not just in the NBA, in all of professional sports. And in Game 7 against Golden State, folks, it goes without saying. If Miami comes back and wins this series, I'm going to eat a lot of crow by next Saturday and i'll say that this is the biggest disappointment of lebron's career more so than more so than dallas more so than anything else more so than orlando in 09 more so than boston in 2010 that set him packing to miami this is the biggest disappointment of his career you had everything laid to you, and this would be your fi- maybe your final chance. You're not going to get a wide-open East with no Kevin Durant. You're not going to get a wide-open West where the Clippers took care of themselves because they imploded from within. You're not going to get a, a, a completely decimated Golden State team again. Curry will be back. Green will be ready. Klay Thompson will be back. They'll have a pick. They will be off and rolling again. You are never going to have this chance again if you're LeBron James. If he wins it, it should be, and I believe when he wins it, it should be the easiest championship he's ever won. Of the four rings, I'm not putting an asterisk next to it. Bubble basketball can still be tough because it still can affect those around him. They're still professionals. It's still a 3-2 series. It wasn't like he swept them. It wasn't like the Lakers, I should say, swept the Miami Heat. But in comparison to Oklahoma City, to San Antonio, to Golden State, you're going to put this Heat team in comparison with any of those? I might be able to meet you somewhere with, Golden, with, with Oklahoma City, with Golden State and San Antonio, you have no argument. LeBron has been asked to be a leader. He's been asked to be a leader on a, on a franchise that has had to deal with a lot of problems over the last three years. The ball incident, everything that had been going on with with Jeannie Buss and her family, LeBron has whipped that team into shape. He's done it again. He's barnstormed to another place. He's now taken two franchises. I give Miami credit. Miami's was a good franchise before he got there. They were a good organization before he got there, and they've been a good organization after. I leave Miami off that. Cleveland was an out-and-out disaster the first time and the second time before he got there. And the Lakers were an embarrassment to that rich history, to that rich franchise over their course of time until LeBron got there and whipped them into shape. He gets all the credit in the world for that. And I would give him full credit with no asterisks in an NBA Finals win in this series. But if I compare it to the other three, there's no conversation. This is the easiest one I'll have. Going up against teams where, where you had great coaching, great leadership, great veterans, guys who are Hall of Famers. You have great coaching. I think you have a very good leader there in Jimmy Butler, a very good player in, in, in Jimmy Butler, but no travel. Not a whole ton around him. A couple of guys got hot. There's just no comparison. And that would put more pressure on LeBron. Because if I have to come in here and I eat crow and I got people from Miami calling me up next Saturday and getting in on me and then tweeting at me and getting all nasty about it, then perfectly fine. I'm sure old Takes exposed, will get in. But I'll look at LeBron and say, not 2009, not 10, not against the Miami, not against the Dallas Mavericks, not against any of them. This is the biggest disappointment of your career. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Coming up next, top five subject, and I think the NFL has made some of these young quarterbacks a bit gun shy. I'll explain. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.